It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Hello, my friends. It is so good to be with you today. Have you ever got a song stuck in your head? I have. I keep singing signs, signs everywhere are signs from the group, the five-man electrical band. But perhaps it's because that is the title of my show today. Now, here's the question before the show. Is God sending you and I signs to get our attention? Yes, he is. And after you listen to today's show, you will see that God is trying to get your attention, my attention, by sending us signs. My guest today is a minister, storyteller, teacher, and spiritual leader. Gary Lane guides others to put God's word into practical living. Gary motivates individuals and groups to live a better life in Christ with his fresh and easy-to-understand teaching style. A world traveler, Gary shares his vision of positive daily living through functional Christianity to people around the globe. Plus, he's funny, too. I think you will like Gary. Now, Gary, I met you back in 2005. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yes, 2005. You were here on the Gulf Coast because of Hurricane Katrina. What did you do? Well, it's kind of a funny story. I was supposed to drive the van down from First Baptist Church, Woodstock, Georgia, and I was supposed to help with tarping houses. But when I got here, uh, they said, well, we really need someone to handle a food distribution. And so I, I was volunteered to be in charge of distributing food um, there on the campus of Bay Vista uh, Baptist Church. And after about three days, the pastor came to me and said, God's telling me you need to stay here. And I kind of had heard that myself. So I ended up staying there for about 11 months off and on um, to work on Katrina Relief. So I managed the Katrina Relief in the Gulf Coast there for Bay Vista Baptist Church on uh, Pass Road. And you and I got to know each other because I was uh, the manager of the local Christian radio station, and uh, you would come on my program in the afternoon and give the community updates, and it really was an exceptional time on the Gulf Coast. Gary, I've always said that if it wasn't for the Christian churches from all over the world to come here, I don't know if we would have built out that fast. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, even at, uh, I think I first came on in uh, September, October of 2005. It was probably six weeks after the storm because Pastor Kevin had wanted to give away turkeys for Thanksgiving. I don't know if you remember that or not. Yes, he did. Down at the Coliseum. And I had come on the air. Yeah, that's a whole God story in itself. We didn't have anywhere to distribute them, but we were raising funds and people from all over the United States gave money. We raised $100,000, and I bought five tractor trailers full of turkeys, and a company delivered those from North Carolina, and it's a God story how we got the Coliseum, and uh, we worked with the state police and the local police and the fire department and the sheriff's office, and we ran the traffic through there. And so, yeah, the whole Gulf Coast was really, really uh, impacted by the the church, Uh, and it didn't matter if you were Methodist or Catholic or Presbyterian. Um, we delivered hundreds of meals every day to the FEMA camps. Uh, we had a couple of guys from, from um, Florida that came up with a giant smoker 
used to smoke three to 500 pieces of chicken every day. We had a company from Jackson, Mississippi that would bring down tractor trailers full of uh, frozen uh, chicken quarters so that we could uh, thaw those and, and feed the Gulf Coast. Uh, we had churches from uh, as far away as Pennsylvania and Maine all the way to Seattle, Washington. Uh, California, they came from everywhere to help. So God's church really rose up. The title of the show today, Gary, is Sign Signs Everywhere Are Signs in That Time. I love it. Yeah, and that time in our life. And I went through it. I lost everything at my house, eight feet of water. Mm -hmm. But it was signs to us that God heard our cry. God sent workers. So even a person that was of no faith, had no belief in God, a lot of them I talked to were scratching their head and said, you know what? Maybe there is something to this Christianity. You know, there's a great verse in the Bible that says, let your light shine before men that they see your good works and glorify our father in heaven. I think Jesus said that. And so that's what happened. The good works was tough work. I mean, people slept in, in tents and people slept in the rain and puddles and, and they endured the heat of the fall with no air conditioning because the power wasn't on. Uh, no showers because the water wasn't uh, fixed yet. And they endured all that and did the good works. And so people saw that and did glorify God. We had many, many people come to the church and pray to receive Christ because of all of the workers that came to Katrina Relief. It was amazing. You know, Gary, for me personally, Katrina was a blessing because it was a spiritual boot camp. I came to the conclusion that if I can get through Katrina, and I did, I can get through any storm in life with God. And I think, I think you talk about sign signs everywhere. I think the biggest sign came from that storm was you can't make this on your own. If you think you're independent and you can handle life all by yourself, uh, then maybe you need to rethink that. And so that's what happened. A lot of people had to rethink their independence of God, their independence of other people and found out how important relationships are. So that's a great sign. Yeah. And, and Gary, after Katrina came, churches were Field and people were praying, but you know, as time went on and years went on, a lot of people just uh, quit going to church. Why is it that we run to God when we're in trouble, but when things get better, we just kind of go on autopilot? I, I think we forget. We forget, and Satan allows us to believe that we can be independent of God and independent of other people. And that's what he wants. He wants us to think that we can be our own little God and take care of things all by ourselves. But, uh, you know, I, I heard recently someone say, when you get up in the morning, you should thank God for five things. And the first one ought to be, thanks for waking me up, because we don't keep ourselves alive even. We might think we eat right and exercise and keep our body in shape, but it's God that keeps you alive physically. And, of course, he wants to give us spiritual life as well. So we forget. We absolutely forget that we have no control, and that's another sign. We think we have control, but we don't. You know, I read a quote today from, um, what's his name? A Is it A.W. Tozer? Yes. He said this little quote, God waits to be wanted. That's pretty cool. I love that saying. And I, I also I tell people this all the time. God is not going to speak until we're ready to listen. And so people say, oh, God is so silent. Well, maybe we're not listening. Maybe we think we've got, we usually come to him with all our requests, you know. God help me with this and fix this and change this and make this better and, and do this. And, and we come to him like Santa Claus instead of saying, God, thank you for my life. How can I glorify you today as I walk through this disaster or this struggle that I'm going through? And that's part of what my counseling is all about, helping people walk through their valleys. 
Now, Gary, I know you're a world traveler, so tell us what you have been up to. Sure. God has really blessed me with the opportunity to go and share the gospel and to teach pastors and to encourage leaders pretty much around the world. Um, I've been to uh, countries that where, where it's illegal to share the gospel and worked with underground church leaders. I won't mention the country, but uh, I was in a, a communist country and worked with 21 underground pastors. And we had to have food on the table every day in case the officials came in and said, what are you doing? And then we would say, we're, we're having lunch. Uh, I was monitored everywhere I went. I had to make sure I did sightseeing because I was there on a, tour, a tourist visa. Um, I've helped uh, train people in Colombia, South America, and Bogota, Nicaragua, um, Chile. I've been to Chile many times. I've been to Haiti. I can't tell you how many times I've been to Haiti to work with local missionaries and uh, churches there. Uh, Europe, I've been in Croatia. There's a great Christian movement in Bulgaria, evangelicals, England. Uh, wow, just all kinds of places. And then across the United States from, from Seattle all the way down into Florida and up to the Northeast. So God has allowed me to travel pretty much a lot of places. And Gary, that ties in with today's message, signs, signs, everywhere are signs. You've went all over the world. You've seen people and they're hungry for Jesus, aren't they? Oh my goodness. It's amazing how many people are hungry for Jesus because they're alive without Christ. I mean, I know this sounds weird. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he obviously meant, you know, spiritual life, that there's eternal life through Jesus Christ and he's the way to the Father. But he also brings physical life. He brings abundant life. You know, John 10, 10 B, uh, as they say, but there's a hunger. They know they're missing something in their life. And so I've been, I've been honored and privileged to speak at seminaries in different countries and colleges. And I work with church leaders and, and, and ministry leaders just in October, last October, I was in uh, Croatia, met with 70 leaders from ministries that minister to the, to the hurting people of the Eastern European area. Wow. The Serbias and the and the uh, Macedonias and Bulgaria and so it's it's been God is at work around the globe. Amen to that. Well, listeners, it is time for a break, and when we return, more on signs. Signs everywhere are signs, and you are going to recognize some of the signs God is placing in your life. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. In this age of round-the-clock political coverage, I read an amazing story about a politician several years ago that was elected without doing any campaigning. It's true. Mike Overton was elected to the city council of Springdale, Arkansas, without giving a single speech. He spent no money on advertising. He made no personal appearances, nothing. And yet he won with 53% of the vote. Mr. Overton won the election not because of anything he did, but simply because he was chosen by the people. Did you know the Bible says that God chose you? Before the foundation of the world was ever laid, He settled on you as the focus of His love to be made whole and holy. A relationship with Jesus Christ is something you cannot earn or buy, but you can have it by a simple act of choosing to have faith in Him. If you would like to know how you can begin a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, please call 888-NEED-HIM or chat with us at chataboutjesus.com. I love that song. You can see how that song can get stuck in your head. Signs, signs everywhere are signs, and that is my subject today. And I'm having a conversation with a friend of mine, Gary Lane, 
who is on a mission just like me to help people get the hell out of their life and recognize the signs that God places in our lives, most likely on a daily basis. Hey, Gary, I bookmarked your website, a lot of great information on your website, and that is functionalchristianity.com. Yeah, I felt God calling me into this idea of helping people practically with Christianity and their lives. How do those connect? Gary, you said something before the break, and I think it might be a sign. If I am missing something in my life, is God sending me a sign? Absolutely. I, I think the biggest need we have, obviously, is Christ. And he put in our hearts a need to feel uh, acceptable, a need to feel loved and lovable. He put that need in there, but then he wants to be the person that meets that need. So all of us are, are in some ways lacking something or, or sense that we're lacking something and don't know where to turn to get it. So that's a great sign. You know, another sign, Gary, I was at a funeral the other day for a 21-year-old, and it's just too young of an age to be at a funeral. But I was thinking, you know, you might want to consider God if you don't realize or you have not prepared for the end of your life. Is that a sign? You know, Jesus said, if you have ears to hear, let them hear. And if you have eyes to see, let them see. So, yes. We have absolutely got to understand, you know, people prepare for retirement. I'm, I'm getting older now and suddenly the end is coming and I'm going to retire someday. I'll probably never retire, but I, I need to look at what does my future look like as far as, you know, physical needs and, and, and desires. And so, yeah, I'm planning for the future. But the most important future is, of course, eternity. And I think there's another song that time keeps on ticking, ticking, ticking into the future. Um, time keeps moving. And that's a sign that we need to know where we will be when we die. You know, Gary, you said something yesterday. I said uh, something about, well, what do you remember the most about me and this radio station and the things I was doing? Uh, Do you remember what you said? No, that was yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you said, I don't know, Ron. I remember one thing, though. You were a wild Jesus freak. And um, that's it. That's it. I did say that. Yeah. And as I get older, though, Gary, and I'm getting closer to that retirement age, and I agree with you, I don't want to retire, but I realize the fragility of life. And I realize that there are some people that have given up on life. And I have more of a a Mm. really desire to just show people that there is a better way and that things are going to be okay. But if everything in your life is falling apart, maybe that is a sign from God. It's a huge sign. Um, You know, change only occurs uh, when there's enough pain in my life that I'm willing to change. So if I'm struggling with a physical uh, problem, then I don't go to the doctor until it's so bad that I go, I need to go see somebody. And so God allows circumstances and life to come on us hard sometimes in an attempt to get our attention. You know, it's like a wake-up call. Uh, you hear people say that all the time. Oh, I had a wake-up call about my weight, or I had a wake-up call about my drinking, or I had a wake-up call about my health. And it's like, yeah, but, but Jesus Christ is asking you to wake up to spiritual things. And so a sign is if you're struggling right now, it doesn't mean God isn't there for you, but maybe you're not listening to God. So that's a huge sign. So, Gary, for the person out there that hasn't laughed in a while, has no optimism, is worried that everything they do is not pleasing to God, so they just avoid God, isn't that a sign from God trying to get their attention? I I firmly believe you're absolutely 110% correct on that. You know, 
my kids are old and grown up now, but when they were little and they wanted to stick their tongue in an electrical socket, <laughs> I pulled them away from the electrical socket. Right? My, my parents I mean, pushed me to the socket. <laughs> <laughs> but I pulled them away. Now, in that moment, they thought I hated them, that I was against them, that I didn't want them to enjoy the fun of whatever it felt like with their tongue. But what I was actually doing was protecting their lives because I love them. And so, yeah, there are times when we think God is against us. But again, that's a sign. If you're angry all the time, that's a sign. If you're lonely all the time, that's a sign that God is trying to get your attention. And again, it's one of those things where it's like, wake up. And so these are signs in our lives. He loves us so much. As I said earlier, he is waiting to be wanted. He wants us to want him. And when we want him, he will show up. And he will give us, I believe, if we ask him and we're serious for a sign. Now, I'm not saying that, hey, Lord, if you love me, I want to win the lottery today. But if it's those things that help us understand something or feelings or loneliness or you know what I'm trying to say, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. What we do is we put we put conditions on God's unconditional love. And so what we do is we say, if you love me, then this will be the, what, what occurs. And that's just being selfish. That's just saying, you know, if you love me, buy me and get me a new car. If you love me, fix my problem. If you love me, take care of this issue. And and we, we make it conditional that he loves us based on what he does for us. I, I'm pretty sure that's Santa Claus, um, not not a God who loves you. If he loves you, uh, it's not even a question. He loves you. The question is, will you receive the love that he has for you? That's the bigger question. Are you willing to let God love you? And yeah. we push people away all the time. So I know we push God away and we struggle and we, we, we were miserable in life. And God, the whole time is sort of sad, kind of like, you know, I could help you with that <laughs> if yeah. you'd let me. Well, I've had people say, you know, I've been hurt and wounded and lied to and abandoned my whole life. Why would God be any different? Yeah, well, that's that's the great thing about God is, you know, the word holy. It means different. <laughs> that's literally what the, that's the definition of of holy. It means different. Holy, holy, holy. Our God is different, different than anything you know, anything you can experience. And the other thing, Ron, is when you talk about that is that's a sign. If you're always looking backwards to what has happened in your life and what hasn't happened in your life, when you're looking backwards all the time, that's a sign that you are not living the fullest life that God has for you. You know, I always tell people, it's like trying to drive your car forward by looking in the rearview mirror you're going to hit stuff and you're never going to, you're never going to experience the joy of driving your car looking forward. So that's a huge sign. If you're always looking backwards, you know, a lot of prosperity uh, preachers, um, Gary have twisted that scripture about the abundant life uh, that, you know, that's all that God wants to give us uh, big cars, fancy homes and uh, Rolex watches. Uh, Is that what that abundant life uh, verse in the Bible means? I don't think so at all. In John eleven twenty eight, Jesus said, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your soul. And it's literally this idea that you can be at peace and contentment. And I know the prosperity gospel sounds good, but the problem is Paul wrote that he learned to live content, uh, content life with nothing and with plenty. And he said, in any and every situation, I've learned to the secret. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And it has nothing to do with his circumstances. It has to do with the strength of God in his life. So whether you're rich or not, you know, see, that's the thing. That's a sign. If we think money will make us happy, then that's a sign. If we think that person will make us happy, that's a sign. We're happy. We're happy and peaceful and contentment because of what Jesus Christ gave us 
his life, what he does for us, protect us and care for us in a way that's different than any human could ever do it or anything could ever do for it. That's yeah. a huge sign. And Gary, we have corporate America spending billions of dollars trying to brainwash our friends in how to act, how to behave, how to create wealth, how to do everything in the world according to their model. You're so right. And and we think that money is the answer to all those things. Because if I had money, I could get that new car. If I had money, I could get that new house. And then, and then I would be happy. And the Bible, I mean, God is the complete opposite. I said, be happy. And those other things, right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God, Jesus said, and all these other things will be added. Yeah. And so it's about God first and life second. And when you order it that way, life starts to really, really be enjoyable. Hey, Gary, our time is running out, but before we go, will you encourage the listeners and also just a a strong prayer for those of us that are looking for those signs? I'd be honored. I'd be honored. You know, um, again, your listeners don't know me that well. In 2016, I've been married for 28 years, and uh, it was 10 years after Katrina. And uh, my wife came down with cancer, very rare cancer. There was nothing any doctor could do. And uh, we, we prayed to God for a miracle. And uh, in 2018, she passed away. And uh, that was a tough time. Wow. But you know what? We were at, Yeah, we were at peace with that in 2018. Uh, so I've been through the death of a, of a, you know, I was married for 30 years. Um, we had my daughter's wedding one month after her mom passed. Uh, it was a terribly hard day. But you know what? We look back on that as God's gift to her was, was taking her home. And uh, sure, I could have been selfish and said, you know, I really wanted to spend my rest of my life with her. My point is expectations, nothing's guaranteed. And so what we do is we set ourselves up for failure because we expect life to go a certain way. And when it doesn't go that way, we're disheartened and we're disappointed. So my encouragement would be to look at your life and see what it is that you wish would happen or thought should have happened or should be happening. Where is it that you put your hope? And if it's in circumstances and things, then my prayer would be that you'd lift up your head and look to God and say, Father, I I give up my, not necessarily my dreams and my desires, but my expectation that life will be a certain way. And if you will release that to the Father, I promise you, he will come in and, and, and sit with you, and he will, wound, he will bind up your wounds, as the Bible says. He will make you feel better because you will release this pent-up anger, this pent-up disappointment, this pent-up loneliness. And so the encouraging word is to look to God, and that's where my salvation comes from. That's where my life gets better, when I look to the Father and stop trying to figure out how it should be, could be, or, 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 or should have been. Um, because that's that's defeating. And so we want to look forward to the Father's grace and to the Father's love for us. He cares deeply, and he wants to be in relationship with you. But if you shut him out, he's not going to come and, and, and uh, um, uh, throttle you. You know, he's not going to grab you by the hand and drag you. He, he wants you to come willingly. And so that's where we have to give up our, our thoughts and, and, will, and be willing to change. So let me pray for us really quick. Father, thank you so much for the gift of eternal life. And then, Father, thank you so much for the gift of physical life. And, Father, those two intersect in our soul, in our mind, and in our heart. And so, Father, would you help us to see the bigger picture, that you're a God of love, that you're a God of comfort, that you're a God of of grace. And it doesn't matter what we've done in the past. Like Paul says, he put the past behind him, and he pressed forward. 
So, Father, I just pray for the listeners that they hear this, that they would be encouraged to look up to you, to look forward, to put the past behind them. We can't unring bells. We can't go back and change things. They have happened. And you're using those to glorify yourself, to glorify the kingdom, and then to create in us uh, a sense of life and a sense of, of your glory. So, Father, I pray for the listeners that are that will be encouraged and their hearts will be lifted up as they look to you, the author and the perfecter of their faith, and that they will see you as the solution and not the problem. And I just want to thank you for Ron and his ministry. Pray a blessing on that and continue to work through him. And, and um, just thank you for his ministry. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Listeners, I'll be back and close out the show in just a minute. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. Ron will be back in a moment to wrap up today's conversation. Did you know what Ron did before he discovered his destiny? He was a promoter of secular entertainment, and by his own admission, he promoted anything he could make a buck at. At the pinnacle of his success, he walked away from it all so he could follow Jesus and discover his God-given destiny. That was over 20 years ago, and he has never looked back. Today, he's an inspirational speaker on a mission to empower individuals just like you to discover their God-given destiny. Ron put his story in a novel entitled The Promoter, and he wants to give you a copy. My story is proof positive that God's plan for you and I is greater than all of our mistakes. Here's what a few readers have said. I could not put it down. I cried, giggled, gasped, and laughed out loud. Ron has written a novel and self-help book all in one. The best book I've read in a long time. This book is a message of hope. To request your free copy of Ron's novel, The Promoter, visit our website at thepromoter.org. Now, back to Ron. I was fascinated this week by all the people and all the stories that were focused on the solar eclipse. And what was it a few years ago? The blood moons. Books were written. Sermons were preached. People were thinking, this is it. This is the end. This is a sign. Jesus is coming. And then nothing happened. Maybe that's a sign that you need to quit looking to the stars, to the sun and the moon, and start doing life with the one that created the stars, the moon, and the sun. Until next week, this is Ron Myers reminding you that I love you, Jesus loves you, and when you give Jesus your heart, you take the hell out of your life. Get the Hell Out of Your Life is underwritten by the Christmas City Gift Show. We invite you to come shop with over 255 vendors from all over the United States from November 8th through the 10th inside the Coast Convention Center located on the beach in Biloxi, Mississippi. You can find more information at ChristmasCityGiftShow.com. Thanks for listening. And if you would like to share your story of what God has done in your life or listen to previous episodes, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. Join us next week for another episode of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. We would like to express our gratitude to Coffee News for their support of this program. 
Are you tired of scrolling through the same old news feeds every morning? Then switch things up with Coffee News. Our publication is filled with interesting stories, brain teasers, and uplifting quotes that are sure to brighten your day. And now you can access Coffee News anytime, anywhere by visiting our website. So whether you're sipping your morning coffee at your favorite cafe or browsing online from your desk, we've got you covered. Start your day off right with Coffee News at readcoffeenewsonline.com.